<laughs> this is so, so cool. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. <clears throat> ready? Born ready. too much fun with that like, <laughs> was it. like i was ready like i've been waiting to do this for a long time i see thank oh you for letting gosh. me come to your house oh. who knew that that was a thing <laughs> i listen to your podcast weekly I don't know thank you thank you so much eldridge um welcome thank you <laughs> back to the cool and conscious podcast um Brought to you by Just Eldridge Media, which is a black-owned, black-run company. Um, I love it here. I am your host, Cree Montague. Questions with Cree. Make sure you follow the podcast page, Cool and Conscious. Um, and today, I am doing a podcast with... Eldridge. <laughs> the Just Eldridge Podcast. It is a collab. Yes. It's like when you're watching Marvel and you get one superhero <laughs> right. and another superhero. Born ready. Two podcasts are coming together. I've been letting to do this. And I brought a new friend. Yep. Yeah, I met her last night. She so she like oh, a stranger. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> I literally met her last night. I thought you were <laughs> this person. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you how it happened. Then we're gonna get right to it. Enlighten me. So boo. It's my best friend's birthday. Okay. David. Shout out to King David. Um, so I go to my favorite fishing hole. One of my favorite. Fishing? Y'all went fishing for his birthday? Yeah. Uh, we went to Rock Steady. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm in that thing looking good, smelling good. You know how I do. Fishing. You know okay. what I'm saying? Fishing. You know what I'm saying? Kicking it, vibing. And I just see a sister. Matter of fact, I was actually rude to her at first because I was trying to get to the bar and I accidentally just kind of like cut her off. You remember that? No, that was my friend. It was your friend? <laughs> that wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, but like you were with her and I felt bad about it. So I turned around and I was like, yo, what's up? What, what y'all drinking on? And that's when I got y'all some drinks. You know what I'm saying? I did not know Rocksteady drinks were that expensive. I don't drink. I don't drink. So um, I kept the tab open. You know, like you want to leave the tab open because I don't want to keep Right. And I'm drinking on pineapple juice. Right. So, of course, your tab is like $16, man. if that. Man, when, if I that. when I tell you, like, they're drinking like $20 a pop. <laughs> and I was tricking off last night, bro. I was tricking off, like, for real. Like, <laughs> like it we need a sponsorship for this podcast. It costs to go fishing. No, but... Um, but I got to talking to her. We're just vibing. You know, sister from Atlanta. David's so stupid. If, shout out to the YouTube family. Uh, y'all see how beautiful this sister is. So David, I introduced her to David. And David say, where you from? <laughs> and she said, Atlanta. <laughs> she said, here. He said, nah, where you from? <laughs> like David doing her like white folk do black people. <laughs> Like when we can't just be free. Like David, like like you Ebo, you like he was literally grilling her, and she was a good sport about it. 
And she was just super cool. And y'all know, just as a podcast and just as a media, we just all about having real conversations with real people. Yes, this is very real. Okay. So, <laughs> Too real. Uh, Too real. I'm about it on. So this is how we do. Bro, we vibe. So okay. now let me tell you why it's funny because the way you set that story up, I thought I, I thought you saw her and you just like ignored her. Like old boy did. <laughs> nah. Oh my Actually, god. Really the mother of Mecca is right here before me. Do my eyes not deceive me or am I looking at the goddess Isis herself? Can you uh can you do me a favor, my brown skin angel? Can you tap that white girl for me? <laughs> this nigga is stupid. It was a white girl there and some leopard though. It was, it was a white girl there. <laughs> nah, it was a white girl in a whole leopard leopard print outfit. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, she was looking a hot mess. She a little hot mess. So uh we're at your wait, house. Wait, wait, hold on. Not to be that girl, but I really don't like when guys do that. Not the whole, I mean, that was disrespectful. He was like, can you tell that white girl? But when he's going through the whole, like, my beautiful chocolate brown queen sister, I just don't like when people do that. You one of the women that don't like to hear the word beautiful? No, 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 no. Yeah. That's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't like when the guys overdo it. Like, okay, beautiful. Thank you. But then when you start going, oh, what can I get you something beautiful, African, amazing queen from northern? Like, just be throwing stuff out there. And it's like, do, do it's you just like too the much. I think it's a beautiful gesture. I think I think when someone can express themselves with multiple words, she don't, she don't like the bullshit. <laughs> I feel like it's too. I just, I'm not saying it's not beautiful, but sometimes it's just. It like, be a little bit much. It's just too. Is it because much. you're not it's attracted not to attracted. the nigga? Yeah, you may not be attracted. You might not to be attracted energy. to the nigga. Okay, honestly, that may be. Something. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so clearly, if it's, if it's a nigga you feeling, <laughs> if, if it's a, you'd be like, oh, that's cute. Every every female situation seems to go that way. Right. Like, you know, you can cat call. Yeah, you even grab their butt if you're cute enough. No, 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 no. Y'all niggas saying that shit, but if he do it right, I ain't talking about just grabbing. I'm talking about yeah, it's. It's a little correction. Yeah. No, no. He just elbowed for the hook. Eldrin. Okay, I'll just play. Not a house. We edit that out. Okay, so usually how we start off is um, essentially letting everyone know how we're feeling. So we're either feeling cool or we're feeling conscious. Um, so I will let you go first since you are our guest. How do you feel today? Do you feel Damn, cool? son. Do you feel conscious? I'm Chocolaco and I'm feeling conscious. Oh, I love that. Okay. I love it. Um, um you know what? I can, I'm glad we have this going. I feel cool. You feel cool? I feel cool. Okay. I feel I'm gonna say conscious. I wanna say conscious. I feel conscious. <laughs> so and I'm glad you opened up like that because you said something earlier. You said, what did you want to talk about? Um, just because I feel... So, backstory. I'm going through my social media just because I am in this like transitioning phase where I am converting what I've always done, which was questions with Cree. I'm converting it into something else. It still has the same underlying, underlying meaning, but... 
I'm putting it into something else. And so I'm going through my social media trying to figure out, okay, do I keep this? Do I not keep this? What do I keep? I don't want to, you get what I'm saying? Just trying to. Mass archive. Exactly. (laughs) And that was great. Thank you for just saying that. Um, And I'm going through and I'm seeing all these different posts from when I was protesting and when I was outside and so much was going on. And I'm like, wow, I kind of missed that. Like, Oh my gosh, I was, I forgot how much I was outside. I forgot how many protests I was at, how many places I spoke at. It just, I forgot, you know, it just, I don't know. It went somewhere and me just looking at those, I archived some of them and some of them I was like, I can't archive this. Like this don't have nothing to do with questions with Creed, but I can't let this, people still need to see this if they go back. I want them to know that this also is a part of me. But then is it really? Because right now it's like, it's pretty quiet, you know, (laughs) no justice, no peace, but people still don't have justice. And it's a lot of people living peaceful. And when I say it just kind of ticked me off this morning and it's still just like hovering over me right now because I'm like, damn, what, you know, again, it happened again. We got all riled up and it died down. Like if you look at history, it gets riled up and it just keeps it's like keeps repeating itself so at what point is it no longer gonna do that you know what you think about that what i appreciate about what Cree was saying is she painted this beautiful picture of how ebbs and flows work and there's a cyclical formation to all aspects of life you can look at nature you can look at a woman's monthly monthly cycle there's so many aspects of life that occur in ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. and we accept them for what it is but when it comes to something like no peace no justice it's like wait a minute why are we why are we judging this ebb and flow in this manner, but yet we appreciate and accept other, we radically accept mm-hmm. nature, that it has to be winter, then spring, then some, like we accept it for what it is. And so I just wonder at what point in our evolution can we look at ebbs and flows, respect and observe it for what it is, and then perhaps even add a dose of influence that aligns with that pace and that cadence. I think there's a time and place for how we, uh, how we participate and how we use our energy to shift the needle. Um, so that's what comes to mind initially. Mm. It's just respecting I, the cadence, respecting the pace of ebbs and flows. I think the reason why I don't respect the pace of that ebbs and flow because all the other ones you name are natural. Mm-hmm. Seasons, natural. <clears throat> Um, cycle, natural, Mm -hmm. but Ahmaud Arbery wasn't a natural end, although death is natural, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Murder, especially when it's not in the context of nature, of the lion and the gazelle, it is human beings, their lives being taken. I think that's a flow that I just, an ebb or a flow that I just can't accept. And I think that's why at least me, I can speak for me, why I struggle with the acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the movement and us being consistent and consistent in our work, I think it has a lot to do with the foundation of our institutions that are in the community. When you think about the institution of SCLC and its prime, not what we see now. Otto, shout out to Dr. Steele, I love you. But there's still a lot of work that has to happen in our organizations, like back then, you worked for SCLC, you worked for NAACP, and these are organizations right. that were actively working to shift the needle and push it forward. Our organizations now. Keyword is 
actively, actively. yeah, yeah, actively, because now these organizations they're just they they're just there yeah, riding yeah. the wave off of the name. And well, you know, it's we've been reduced down to banquets. We've been reduced down to, um, because there are levels to it. I do believe that there are people. There are so many positions in the movement, mm-hmm. but we did not replace. The way we replace soldiers who are willing to get on the front line, we didn't replace institutions with the resources to support mm-hmm. those soldiers. Mm-hmm. So when you think about all the activists in the city, you think about yourself, you think about uh, Hannah, you think about Bree, Protect the Vote, all these people that's out here, they're volunteering. They're trying to survive in life. And it happens. The worst thing you can be is broke. That's why I love Jose Williams. Jose Williams said the first, best thing you can do for poor people is not be one. And the issue is, it's all volunteer-based. So I can go as hard as I want to go, but the system, the empire, whatever you want to call them, they can just wait it out. Because you're going to have to go back to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you can, you mad right now, but you can't stay out there all day. So so is that justified um, with the lady from Black Lives Matter, the formal, like she was Oh, like absolutely. Leader, and she absolutely. left to go, you know, write a book and do real estate. And she's kind of not. Absolutely. But that's what happened. You burn out. Absolutely. You burn. You, you burn out because the people that you're fighting for do not pick up the slack. They so the they want thing. you to risk your life for them, and they don't. They don't want to sacrifice anything. And at that point, you start building resentment. So I was out there every day, tirelessly risking my life, and I got people telling me, "Stop risking your life. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful." Okay. In that time that you did that, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. You could have easily sent me a Zelle payment. You could have easily sent me something, asked me if I was hungry, asked me if I needed some water, asked me how could you have helped. So us as people, we're just so quick to just throw throw the knife or throw the dagger or figure out the negative connotation. And it's like, if I'm doing something I believe in and you see that I'm passionate and I'm working diligently towards it, I need for you to support me. And for the lady with the Black Lives Matter, I mean, for the Me Too or whatever, whatever yeah, um, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives so what Matter. she did, she quit and just. Well, she quit. She's writing a book and um, she got into like real estate, you know. She getting a burden. I mean, at the end of the day, now that's another thing, too. People love to see a broke activist. They don't they like this. love it. They don't, they don't, they don't oh. want you to have no money now. Like, they you, love you it. You can't be out here fighting for our people driving no beans. Like, like <laughs> what is that about? Because I feel like. Because it's the opposite. Right. It's the it's opposite about what of what you we're see. fighting for. Right. Like, you can't be fighting the quote unquote. Because we, we associate the establishment with money, mm. like the white man with all the power. You can't be fighting that, but still get it. And what we're saying, we're not mad that they got money. We're mad at how they're getting money. We're mad at how they leverage us and get money with, uh, without me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're like, not like Tamika Mallory and her Cadillac deal, like because you remember uh, whose mom came out uh, and spoke out against Tamika. Mallory I, I remember. I forget whose mom, but um, <coughs> Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice. Yeah. Now we, what we also got to realize too: these families, these families, these victims of this. They go through a crazy mm-hmm. mental roller coaster. roller coaster. You gotta realize, first of all, I lose a loved one. Mm. Let's just stop there. Right. Now I'm already fucked up. Do you cuss on your power? Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, yes. I cuss on mine. I'm yes. sorry. I'm already messed up. Boom. Then 
there's a slew of people that you never heard of, you never knew, like you're because there's so many of us that don't make the national hashtags. You know what I'm saying? It, I don't know what's the formula, what makes a Tamir Rice a Tamir Rice, or what makes a George mm-hmm. Floyd. There's a there's a formula that I haven't figured out how because the system picks it. If we're right, being real, right? No, no, no. The news picks agree. it. We don't pick it. Mm-hmm. Like they pick it, and then we run and amplify whatever they pick. So I don't know what that formula is. Like when you start talking about it, I looked it up, and I'm like, I didn't hear about Ra Ra McKnight that got killed December 29th. Yeah, that, no, someone got killed like two weeks ago. Cuckoo uh, Christopher, then December 23rd. Like I just so so man, these are people who have died in the past month that. So this is why Just Other Media is here. And and I can explain why I say I feel cool right now versus conscious. I'm an activist first. Anybody that knows me, know me for my activism, know me for my community organizing. But right now I am in a part of my life where I am trying to build something that will be able to build what I just left. Like Mm -hmm. the system chose Tamir Rice. I want to be able to have a platform, a network platform where any show, if we talk about it, instantly millions know about it. Right. And we can begin to choose. What we, but to do that, there's a level of going, like, I can be real on the cool side, feeling cool. Like, I have not had a great relationship with the mayor of Atlanta since I moved here. Mm-hmm. I moved in here in 2008. Mm-hmm. That was when, right when Kasim Reed came in. Hated him. Um... Then Keisha Lance Bottom came in, wasn't the biggest fan of hers. Who was? Um, it's, there's people that are. There's people <laughs> that are. Um, like I felt like she had the right. She was a right, she had the right pedigree. She could have did a lot as a black she woman. She had influence, but she yeah. was not influential. Right, right. She 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 moved in a very. She was scared. I'm just say that. Uh, so boom yep. Andre runs for uh, mayor Andre Dickens He went to my high school Nice, shout out Mays We'd be out there uh, working with, I was at Mays on Friday Teaching the class um, You should come with me So uh, I started working with Andre Because I'm looking at all the candidates And one of my mentors I won't name his name He really influenced me To get behind him and support him and I started working on Andre's campaign. When Andre made it to the runoff, and he literally went from being the underdog to like mm-hmm. the main guy, I was in a space I've never been before. A completely different network of the bourgeois, the upper echelon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that crew, there's levels to the uh, networks in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I was in that crowd, not on a standpoint of me. Typically, either going against their politics they believe in, protest like I'm there, and I'm also getting paid. You know what I'm saying? But I know I'm getting paid so I can do this stuff. So right, right. it's it's weird. I'm in this cool phase because I am chasing the bag, but I know why I'm chasing the bag because we don't have any platforms that are willing to put their neck out there and choose the name of the brother that he named. You right. know what I mean? They they just want to amplify what the establishment is already. They want to ride the wave. They don't right. want to start the wave. Exactly. They start they start moments, not movements. Right. And that's what's been happening. There's a series of moments. Tariah Rice was a moment. 
uh, George Floyd was a moment. And it's not a movement because we're not connected. Like, organizations were serious back in the day. Like, when you think about SNCC, yeah. SNCC moved the needle. They pushed Dr. King to be radical. And when you think about the members of SNCC, Kwame Toure's, you think about the uh, Mukasa Dada's of the world yeah. who moved from SNCC and they moved to the uh, Black Panthers. Like, Folks took these organizations serious. Serious. We, How they take these yeah. uh these sororities serious and fraternities serious. Right. If they put that same energy into doing everything that they do to be chosen to be on a stage that sometimes don't even serve the community. And I'm speaking from this because I am a part of a sorority and I see what it's like behind closed doors. <laughs> If they took that same energy and put it into actually giving back to the community and doing what the founding members actually did, we like there would be a movement. There would be a solid movement because I don't think y'all realize how much energy goes into this Greek shit. Like, are you Greek? A, well, okay. What are you? Alpha, Kappa, Alpha. Happy belated Founders Day. Likewise, Sora. Well, I'm not a soror. I'm a Delta. <laughs> I'm a Delta. But, but, but in that, you are, you understand how much goes into being an AKA, how much women do, how much they dedicate time, money, effort, like their souls, themselves. Like you, like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what we could do if that energy that people put into trying to be a Delta, trying to walk and wear pearls and do this and do that and then go and be persnickety with the AKAs. If if we put that energy into actually forming something and doing something that could... SAT word. <laughs> that could be conducive to our environment, do you know where we would be? We wouldn't be jokes. We wouldn't be the last. I personally feel like black people are like at the bottom of the total pole for like... I mean, race. Well, like, condolences for the loss of your national president. Thank you. Yeah, thank I, you. Um, I completely agree with what you just shared in terms of the energy placed in sororities. We just uh, chartered a chapter in Lagos, Nigeria, which oh, is wow. where I lived for the past six years, and the energy that went into that activity. I can only imagine what it could do on a continent mm. level. Um, so there are small moments mm -hmm. that can curtail into movement, but I do agree that it requires an enormous amount of aligned energy. The energy isn't aligned. We have concentrated mm -hmm. pockets that are that are surfacing occasionally, but I believe if there's an, a concentrated alignment, we would see the impact and the imprints that you're referring to. I definitely believe it's, um, first of all, I want to hear more about your you live. You say you were there for the last six years. I've spent the past ten years as a global nomad. So I lived in Lagos, Bali, New Zealand, wow. Mexico, London. So I've spent the past ten years just bopping around the world. But that's that's the flyest way I've heard of saying homeless global, global nomad. nomad. <laughs> I love that. Okay, Kanye. A global you got your house nomad. on you. The house is my. The world is my home. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's fly. Okay, yeah. No, nah, you definitely got me with my little sister. That's her. Like, this is the first time her and her husband, she just had a child. Mm. And this is the first time her and her husband have stayed put. And they're, they're kind of going crazy, I think, mm -hmm. a little bit. <laughs> you know, especially when you spend a lot of time outside of a uh, 
the U.S., you come back and you mm. you, you remove yourself from the matrix, mm. the the rat race, the the conditioning, yeah. and it's it's a hard adjustment. It really is. I've been in Atlanta now for a year, yeah. and I haven't lived here in twenty years. So when wow. I when I left Maze, like that was it. I was gone, and uh, I've spent the last ten years abroad. So you're absolutely right. Wow. It's a culture shock. And the integration is a lot more challenging than one would think. I could tell you weren't really been around for a while when I met you last night. And we were wearing that Batman suit. <laughs> that, that, that's why uh that's why David said where you from. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. Well, that, don't even put that on me. <laughs> it was somebody else in this Batman outfit. Well, it was some weird dudes out last night. Had Rocksteady? It was everything. Was I ain't never been on a Saturday. You, but her friend made a good point. You got to go on Wednesday, Thursday. Right, I was about to say, people, I've never been on a Saturday, yeah, but I've been on Thursdays. Yeah, you got to go Wednesday. on weekdays we'll where people can go out, with, who can afford to go out <laughs> on a weekday. Because on the weekend, everybody come everybody out, bro. It was a different energy, <laughs> it bro. Was, it was interesting. <laughs> I don't like, this is not uh, the rock steady, uh, I know. Bro, look, we had a corner in the back and we stayed there. And we just stayed there. <laughs> like all the regular people just came and migrated <laughs> to this <laughs> corner, bro. Like it was weird. But the dude That's had a whole hilarious. Batman outfit on, bro. Like it was. <laughs> so um, now going back to what she was saying, like one thing I do know where uh, we missing a lot is on our political education. Um, I think political education was being taught and pushed so heavy back then. Like mm-hmm. when the last time you heard of our generation? Are oh, we going to a lecture? Like lectures used to be the thing. Like like <laughs> lectures well, was cool. Like, I think it starts with high school with civics, right? And then they cut I remember my last year. Yeah, my last year, I graduated in 05. That was the last year we had American government civics. After that, it just kind of lumped history, government, and all together. But we had a separate civics. Um, what's that? Student council. But then to the to the point of the lectures. I can't, I'm not going to lie. I blame our HBCUs for, for not making it cool because once they start being... Um, Did y'all go to HBCUs before you met this point? Any of y'all? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, and, but I'm, I'm specifically saying <laughs> no, HBCUs, I I'm specifically saying HBCUs because... I didn't go to college. HBCUs and, and even with yourself. HBCUs, Clark, Morehouse, Spelman, these are the places where your black intellectuals will come and mm-hmm. have lectures, right? To the and point, it, Khalid Muhammad... And it used to be open. They used to say, hey, open to the public. Here are the lectures. Now they've gotten to where it's only open to the students, right? So if you're not paying the tuition, if you're not paying the fee, if you're not if if you're not monetarily giving, because you know back in the day the community would give in different ways. I don't have money, but I'm bringing a potluck. I have money, but right. I'm staying afterwards to clean up. Right, But right. like you said, the lecture was a place of commune. And I, I kind of fought some of the colleges for shutting it down. Like the, even Georgia State used to have like open and free lectures. They kind of shut back down to just the students. Like you have to open it back up to the people and make lectures available again. But lectures that's yep. part of that so movement. That was a part of that political education. Like that would be I mean, even when you watch uh Judas and Black Messiah, uh, and you seen brothers coming to the school and talking on the regular students raising money like now students raising money to get little baby to come to the uh, homecoming right we're not raising dang, money dang, we're not we're not raising money to get carnell west to come in mm. you know we're not we're not and then the lectures that we do have you talking about the uh the online lecturers you know what i'm saying and even them in my opinion 
if you I can always tell how much political training somebody has or where they're getting a the political training based off of how they position themselves in this movement or how they talk about themselves. When you think about people like King, Garvey, Malcolm, I mean, name all of them, they were positioned as leaders, but they never had to state it. They never had to push it out there. It was mm-hmm. because people respected the example that they live. People uh, respected the work that they put in, and it naturally happened. Now we have so many organizations. You can't name all the organizations they had back then. You know about three or four solid ones, although they were more. People are starting organizations left and right because they want to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And it's a clear sign of you don't have the political training because if you really understand the role of that leadership, it's a heavy crown that you probably don't even want to wear, especially mm-hmm. in times where we're in right now. You know what I mean? So I think one way is how do we get political training back on the forefront? How do we bring back lectures? Uh, obviously, the lane of podcasting is way to get it, but how do we make it hot? Who are the John Lawsons? You gotta. The old people have to be willing to pass the baton, mm. and that has been the biggest thing. I got push back on that one. I'm gonna let you finish. I got push back though. They have to be willing to pass the baton. I'm not saying, hey, give me give us the entire shebang but as we are getting older there are people that are capable and and truly care about the legacy that has been left and if you are at such a high place where you no longer see the value or you no longer are even able to go outside because you're old and decrepit like pass the baton teach me but i'm not saying teach everybody because everybody don't know how to like elder said everybody don't know how to carry that crown but you find someone or you find a select few and you start pouring into them i personally do not feel like with as many people that were out that I came in contact with on a regular basis and when i speak to them most of us have the same complaint we wish that there was someone older that actually lived through it and knew exactly what to do that could be like, hey, do this. Hey, try this. Hey, you know what? I have a contact. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. We have maybe one or two people that we call on, but it it takes more than two people to, to fuel a movement. When you have the same people at the forefront every single protest and they get burned out and they get tired and they don't have anyone to go to and say, hey, are you okay? Hey, try this way. Hey, I saw what happened. Let me help you this way. But as soon as shit gets on the news, oh, now everybody wants to run and help. Oh, soon as shit is on the radio, now everyone, oh shoot, let's 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 put our two cents in. Let's take a picture. Let's stand on the uh uh what's it called? City Hall steps and let's do that. Don't do that when the cameras are out. Because we've been out every single day and we needed your help before now. We probably wouldn't even be in this situation to where we're on the news and shit is looking crazy if we had had someone that genuinely wanted to pass us the baton so we could handle it effectively and be conducive to the movement. What you think about the pass baton argument? I believe it's a valid assessment. While you were talking, I just had this download that came through that not all emergencies land the same way for each person. Mm -hmm. So for, for example, in terms of that baton being passed, I will go back to what I mentioned earlier about 
honoring the cadence and the pace of how evolution occurs. And sometimes, I'm not saying this is the case in this particular instance, but sometimes people aren't ready to receive the baton and don't even want it. Mm-hmm. Because now their emergency is elsewhere. Their focus, their energy, their attention is elsewhere. Um, those who have expressed interest in wanting to pick up uh, where the momentum seems to be transitioning, I, I say train all of them rather than just focusing on one individual to be right. a leader. I, I want to reference how my family does it in Nigeria in the village. We have a mango tree that we go to and we have multiple elders that come together that are the voice for the community and it's those elders we all sit around a mango tree in a circle and we allow the the elders to speak on behalf of the collective community Um, i don't know if i've seen that on in the west just yet but i know it's extremely effective in the village of benue state which is where i'm from i wish that there are ways for us to come together as africans and those who are in the west to learn practices that have been effective. Mm. I'm not seeing much of that bi-directional communication between the continent and this part of the world. Mm. I believe it's important to go back to the source. I absolutely agree with that. What do they call those circles? Uh, are they in Bonji circles? Uh, I'm not sure what tribe that's from, but we don't have a... We, don't don't have have a name. we just know that when it's time for a wedding, a, a burial, a naming ceremony, we all just gather in circle. It's just intuitive. You know, wow. So two things I want to point out. For first of all, the TV thing, I feel like being TV hungry and want to be that you got to blame Jesse Jackson for that. Oh. I, <laughs> wow. yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, even I'm saying of, you make the decision to go and stand in front of the TV. Huh? No, I'm just saying like <laughs> celebritizing mm. activism. Mm-hmm. Now there was an argument. Even uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said uh, Malcolm X was uh, too infatuated with the cameras. There's that argument as well. But the only reason I say um, I blame Jesse Jackson because just even when King passed, you know, they say he put his blood on his on his shirt and he ran out there and got in front of the camera. Like he he really elevated after the passing of King. You know yeah. what I mean? And it has always been you've seen it. Like there's a uh, and I say a name, Markel Hutchins. I hate him. Um, That's a not a nice word, Eldridge. He's horrible. He's, he's horrible. Would you say that was uh, that was a taking of leadership, or was that a passing of the time because of circumstance? I was, that was a completely. Uh, I wouldn't even say taking of leadership because I don't think he took leadership. That he was. Just, I think what you're saying is a mixture of what she's saying. I think that was a dropping of the baton. I think. Based on what you were saying, you trust your elders. You can sit down and listen to your elders and take that advice. We can't trust our elders. These right. old these old niggas that sold us up the river. Right. Jesse Jackson, absolutely James agree. Clyburn, Thank you. all these type of niggas, they sold us up the river. So you want the baton? I don't even want the baton. Mm. Fuck their baton. We got to run a whole new But race. it's not so even so, so much. I think it's, but it's baton, a combined a but, combination. Yeah, but that baton you're talking about, though, that's... That's white media controlling that. They're the ones that tell us who our leaders are. They're the ones that try to tell us who our problems are, what our issues need to be. They're the ones right now pushing the Voting Rights Act. I don't know any black person that can't vote right now. That's not our issue. Our issue is something else. Our issue is the original sin. Our issue is what the sister here talked about. Slavery, right? We had to deal with the original sin here, right? After we do that, that diaspora move has to go two ways. You know black people in America will go back to Africa. How many times can we get Africa to come back? 
But that's something that can be solved with maybe some type of legislation, some type of something that we can do on our side. That's a whole different issue than Voting Rights Act that these old niggas that sold us up the river. So you would want us to have the elder type situation. We could sit down and there's some elders we have sat down. So that's what that's what I say. Those elders don't get elevated. It's it's, Derek Bozeman's. They don't get elevated. It's experience. That's what I'm saying. I think I think it's also experience, and I can I can say this because we just had an ancestor leave us, uh, Michael Langford. Um, if you ever been in Atlanta, Langford Parkway, mm-hmm. it's named after his brother, Arthur Langford. Arthur Langford was the youngest person to ever uh, become a state senator in Georgia, youngest person to ever uh, win city council, uh, prolific leader. You know what I'm saying? The brother knew every pastor and every hooker in Atlanta, and he was just well-loved, died too soon. His brother, Michael Langford, continued to be a leader but he was a different type Arthur was more on the forefront Michael was a, a very much a behind the scenes support guy I met him through Derek Bozeman who's uh one of my mentors now I met Derek Bozeman through Mowley mm-hmm. Mowley Davis and Mowley is one of the people that we go to he's very active and supportive mm-hmm. in this movement um but I could talk about how I because I would argue they did give me a torch, mm-hmm. very much so. And um, I do got a lot of opportunities. But I can talk about my journey to get there. I didn't start by myself, but I got there by myself. Because everybody else that was with me, all the other young brothers that they were trying to empower, mm. did not want to do the work. Mm. And I think a lot of people, when they say pass the torch, not necessarily saying you or you, a lot of people want people to pass the torch the way they want you to pass it. And it just ain't going to happen like that. It's like you can't go to a sensei and say, I want to learn karate, but I want you to teach me this way. You know what I'm saying? I want you to t- teach me how to kick this way, teach me how to punch this way. It was a long process. I met Mowley when I was 22 years old. I'm 32 now. Ten solid years. These brothers changed the complete trajectory of my life. These brothers opened up my political uh, education in a way I would have never known. But it was level of service. Like, I, I instantly knew when I met them, these were the brothers I need to be connected with. Because it was the first time where I seen brothers who were socially conscious, who truly loved black people. It wasn't no fake. Mm-hmm. It was real. They really loved black people. It wasn't a t-shirt. It wasn't a hashtag. It was a lifestyle. It was how they uh, raised their families. It was how they spent their money. It was how they practiced uh, their rituals and their routines. They loved us. And it was also the first time I seen niggas getting money. I ain't never seen that. I seen brothers do one or the other. I done seen some mm-hmm, real right. conscious brothers. <laughs> and I done seen some niggas get money. Then I done seen these brothers doing both of those together. And immediately I knew, oh, this is where I'm going to be. And they couldn't kick me out. Yeah, I showed up to everything. I showed up to every event. I got there early. I broke down early. I made them let me in. Right, like sound like you was pledging, my boy. Yeah, like right, you, you knew your calling. <laughs> it, it, you, you knew your calling, and you were willing to accept that calling. That and to the pledging, because I didn't even look, I didn't go to college, and I didn't grow up around black people, so I ain't know nothing about all the pledging <laughs> and stuff. But um, it's it it really was hindsight. It was I was going through like a, a, a pledging, pledging process. process, and they were and they, the and, energy and, that you put into, and it. they were right. hazing, they were hazing me and. Yes. And I would learn, like, so I brought up, I brought up, they were hazing me, like, like, and 
like they but loved it. He they loved they relished in it because Maoli, I know Maoli, he he's yeah. Greek. Yeah, he's yeah. a part of well, a fraternity. All of them are Greek and all of them are Masons as well. Mm-hmm. So these brothers, and I think they amazed at me because I didn't have no concept of what hazing is. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm here. Like, what's I'm showing up? up every day. I'm showing up. Like, oh, this like now I'm like, that was supposed to get to me. Like mm. Cause they had me do stupid shit. Like I used to have to bring two bags of ice every week, but they'll never use it. Oh, like, that was a haze. They were hazing, like, man. Like, then, and you looking like why I got like, the ice? Y'all not gonna use the ice? I used to make this nigga bring me a ten piece nugget every night. Like, <laughs> sometimes like, I wouldn't even eat it. Like, like we had niggas touch so, every night. So once I realized that's what it was, you know, I started getting fun. I started bringing six bags of ice. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like like. That's just who I am, though. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. There are people who they have passed the torch to, let's use that phrase, prematurely. Mm -hmm. And those people completely fucked up. Fucked up. They got a platform where people were following based off the strong endorsement, Mm -hmm. and it was the wrong one. So it is a level of, I got to see if you really want this. Because if you really care about black people, it ain't about the glory. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you fight for black people, you fighting for people that don't even want you to fight they for them. They don't even they want, want you to, to fight, fight for right. them. Like so, I said, Martin Luther King died with like the lowest approval rating. Like that nobody fucked with Martin Luther King when he died. So that's why my one of my OGs, uh, Keenan Walker, he said you got to love black people more than you love yourself. Because black people literally, it's almost like saving somebody who's drowning. They will kill you in the process of trying to save them. If you're not skilled enough to save someone that don't know how to save themselves. Mm-hmm. Or don't even know that they need that saving. Because somebody that's drowning obviously knows that they're drowning. But we dealing with somebody that it's like they're under the water, but it's a clear glass. So they think that they can get out and they can't. And you also got to ask yourself, do people want change or do people want access? And a lot of people don't want real change. A lot of people ain't mad at capitalism. Yeah, They just want access to it that these white people got. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad mm. that these folks got this bread. I just want to have the bread too. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing we got to ask ourselves of people. Do we really want change? Or do we just want the same access that they got? And we want to be a part of the system as well. And that's typically what happens when you see people come from poverty and struggle and then they make it financially and they thinking they good now when they're not realizing, nah, nigga. It's the same it's thing. The same. You just got money it's now. Just, you, you just <laughs> about to experience on a different level. Right. 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 You about to, one thing about white supremacy, they got something for you waiting on every level. Every single From zero level. to 36, whatever, to the penthouse. White supremacy got a level of something, some shit waiting on your ass. You know what I'm saying? So, Going back to the political training, our answer, and, and it, it, when you read stuff like Dr. Clyde Anderson, I know I probably got one of his books, so I, I don't. But uh, when you read people like Dr. Clyde Anderson with Powernomics, and, he's uh, saying what Cree was saying. Like, if you read Powernomics, that's exactly what he's saying. It's a race, and black people are at the bottom because it's a race for resources and economics. Right. And, and it's and like somebody has to be at the we have so many hidden like we have all the answers hidden right in front of us and it's like oh, fuck all that we gotta try some new shit that's why I know <laughs> wait what? <laughs> what 
what exactly <laughs> that's what that's what the world sees us as what what, what are you doing what but, are you, what bro i'm just I'm, but that's how i know white supremacy is such a well-oiled machine because sometimes i'll be a check myself and i'm like that white man ain't that smart because sometimes we be giving them too much i agree you ain't that smart but they smart but <laughs> I feel like the, they no. The I feel they built for them. I feel like their so system they, is that they, smart. They White people ain't that smart, but white supremacy is like AI technology <laughs> that makes itself smarter. It's than the metaverse. It's the metaverse. It keeps getting better. Like, like, like white supremacy, like they built such a strong foundation of that shit, a strong foundation of self doubt in ourselves, a strong de- foundation of superiority in themselves, a strong foundation of like literally. Fucking us up every chance they get to the point where when you got a chance to fuck them up, well, we get the power, you, we be uncomfortable. You second guess. You you like triple fifth. We can love guess. everybody. <laughs> like, right, right. It's, like, it's like, our chance. It's our chance to like shout, finally. Shout out to the sister in Chicago. She got her settlement money. The sister that they bought, that they uh, bust in her apartment, the wrong apartment, mm. and she was naked and they didn't cover her for 10 minutes. And she said, fuck that money. She said, "What I wanted was all those cops to uh, get fired and lose their job. Wow! Fuck that money. And we had to have more situations. And she didn't take like the that. money. No, I mean, they gave it to money. I about to say she. I ain't with that. They gave it to money. What she was saying I'm was like, she really wished they would have got fired. Like, you better quit playing. Like, money, right. like fuck around go your IG. You got a bikini on. You better quit playing. Got to get that money." <laughs> get that goddamn money. Uh, it's the principle. She, yeah, she, 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 and you got to stand voiced, on that. She voiced her values and her principle, and it was it was received and, and, no no bullying. And to that point, I think that's the issue with black people. I think 60s, 70s, we were on code. We had a direct what we doing. Now in 2022, it's all over the place. They try to put this person as our leader. They probably try to put this topic as our opinion. We don't have that. You got to be on code and it has to be one central message. And at this point, you know, my grandma thought she would never see a black president. And she did. Same. I believe I'm going to see some reparations. <laughs> Dead ass. Because at this point, it's the only, it's not just reparations, it's atonement, right? Yeah. We can get done. They they try to fix you with everything else. They give you bandages for when you are hurt. They tell you to go to counseling to get closure, on everything else, but when it comes to that original sin, they just act like you're supposed to. But get going them. going to what Elder said, what is reparations if you don't know what to do with it? Nah, so reparations, like, rep, reparations. You, you'll, you'll is that, you'll know, is that you'll the access you're referring to? With that, with that, provide that no the reparation is not access. So reparations is a holistic, comprehensive plan. You have to give us and atone everything you took away from us. So cash is a part of it. It's a land. It's education. They would kill us if we try to learn how to read. So we got to now, it's not about you don't know what to do with it because they have to give us education now. You don't know what to do with but it. But that's what I'm saying. You got, you have, I understand that. E-Y-L. You Let's understand that. But for the majority of people in this world that are saying, oh, reparations, reparations, they're solely thinking about money. And what I'm saying is there so, has to be a system. Fir- that is their first thought, There's, money. Like prime example, you couldn't get you couldn't get your uh, uh, stimulus check unless you filed your taxes for right. it that year. There's a process to access it. And you put together a system in place where you have to access it 
in a way that's going to help you got to elevate to the next level. I it, don't it, see free, that You're right. I don't see that it, happening To me, at it's, all. it's the check first, then it's land, then it's education and taxes. Those are the four no, I believe it's time. I need I think, all my shit immediately. No, no, but I, I want, I want, the, I want the check first though, because that 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 uh stimulus check, how to hit that cash app that time, let me know that the government can just send you some bread. Like <laughs> you're not, you're not gonna fuck with me and tell me that you can't send no, me no bread. No, seriously, can I, can I be real. Seriously, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't getting that, neither one of the stimulus shit. I scattered that shit. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Nah, that, neither one of them. That's that's, that's the only. Well, one the first time because I ain't have my taxes filed. I can be yeah. real about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time my taxes were filed. Second time I filed them out, like. Nah, I, I, I filed mine and I did it. That's the that's the only thing. My, my counter said I'm supposed to get it this because you still because yeah, I ain't get, get it. it. Yeah, I still can get. it So I might have a little. Yeah, that's how you get it. Go back to rock steady. But when that other one came and it just hit the account and it said government, I'm just like, oh, so y'all can just y'all, y'all can get my cash app information and send me a check. Yeah, no. Put about fifty racks in there. What's yeah, up? no. Hey, it's more than that. <laughs> way it's, more it's, than that. You know, it's way more than I that. I call Muhammad. I call my brother Muhammad. We got I the can't. book. I got a rep. I got to change these books. I got. I got my reparation <laughs> book. I'm gonna put up here. But uh, I'm more focused on the cancellation of these student loans. Right. Like, like how how has a no shade to the the Asian hate no stop the Asian hate bill crime thing. Nah, shade shade that shit. I'm sorry, shade. but how is it that shade on that my podcast? The, not her podcast. The the first thing that happened, right? You he didn't even run a campaign saying, "Oh, I'm gonna pass something for the Asian people." They were yes, they did. yes, they did. He did. Yes, they did. It's that called, wasn't at the forefront. Kamala Harris. I'm about to say Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris was ran as an Kamala Asian. ran as an Asian, as an Asian Indian one. black woman, mm-hmm. and she ran from there's as, something to be said about solidarity. There is solidarity in that community. I don't believe mm-hmm. that. Mm. It's you can. It's very clear. You go on any complex shopping complex, and you see nail salons. Yeah. You see spa centers. You see, and it's all. I don't believe that's solidarity. I feel like it's culture. They their removed solidarity. us. They removed us. What I'm saying is, solidarity gives the illusion that none of these motherfuckers disagree. What I'm saying is, they are intact with culture, and we are out of tact with culture because of that. We are not in the perception of solidarity. So we we are, they don't teach us nothing. First time you heard about, if you didn't hear about it at home, you didn't start learning about this real black shit till you got to school. It wasn't too many. You got a little bit at uh, uh, Black History Month. You got a little bit of school. But as far as really teaching. Being what on you, code. Like being on code or who your culture and what you are, we get it very late in life. So we're very disconnected from it. They get it fast as hell yeah. because they know it's a level to track it. That's why there is a level of even when you start talking about first generation uh, black people versus regular African Americans, mm-hmm. they are tied to their culture a lot closer because their parents gave it to them. I, my mama don't know. I got <laughs> culture. I got country and I taught my family. Yeah. yeah. I was not raised in a country's household. Like my family... Start thinking about this stuff after they start seeing me going ham on on Facebook. I, Fuck these white folks. Like, but but see, like, I, I think that's a part of it too, though. Like you saying that, like that Asian hate, like the sister said, the solidarity, the illusion of solidarity is there, right? So we have that illusion of solidarity. For some reason, you got cowtown as black people. One that's also hopping on the stop the Asian hate. Another thing to <laughs> that point. To that point too, <laughs> when, you, when you're talking about 
African Americans, you know, I refer to them as foundational, right? And if you're non-foundational, you have to understand what the found what a foundational Black American has gone through, right? And a lot of time, non-foundational Black people they side more with my uh, immigrants. Like I've heard mm-hmm. more Asians and immigrants and all of them be along, and then try to say, well, Black Americans have we we almost put ourselves in these situations sometimes. And if you're not on code, if you don't understand, the only reason why there's a country here is because Foundation of Black Americans built it. If you don't have that concept, it, it it gets convoluted, and then it looks like a bunch of black people are also on board with Stop Asian Hate, when it's not a bunch of black people, it's just a bunch of black skin. You know what I'm saying? It's not the actual issue. Like It's, it's on both mm-hmm. sides, because I've heard Stop the Asian Hate came out, and it was almost like a... It's almost like me, too. It's like anything in the media. It's some celebrities that don't know what the fuck that bill was, but they just put hashtag stop Asian hate. What's that one song that all the Asian, that all the um uh actresses were singing on TikTok and stuff to like end racism? Oh, like, whoa, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is comfortable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> dang, dang. You really just <laughs> stupid. But, but I know what you're talking about. But that's what I'm saying, like. That's the other issue. It's like that bandwagon shit. Let me just, you know, it's like with everything in America. That's just the culture we live in. Going back to why we're here, media chose that shit. Yeah. Man, the system, the machine is so powerful. Like, they can literally make us, it's like they got to switch. Like, let me make these niggas mad today. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Yes. They literally do. I know that there's like a little back room. Oh, every time I see a piece of clothing come out with some racist stuff on it, like the. Oh yeah, no, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. It's on the 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 with the, the Gucci sweater where they had the noose yeah, yeah, for yeah. the the string. I was like, oh, they're at this point, it's on purpose. Like it's, I can't. It's very clear that this is a it's, a, it's the matrix, and yeah. you, and I we get to decide where we want to expend our energy, how we want to play the game, and so if you want to continue playing by their rules so that you can elevate in that system, go for it. But if you recognize that your energy is being because energy is a resource that we can't get back. Mm-hmm. And so if you're utilizing your energy in that way and then you're disappointed that you're not getting a return on your investment, well, whose fault is that? You played their game. You agreed to play their game. I think there's a lot to be said for for those of us who decided to step out of the matrix and go be a global nomad, for example, and go and study other cultures and how they have this illusion of solidarity because that is what the game understands. Mm. The game understands mm. volume. The game understands quality. The game understands solidarity, and, and, which you called an illusion. And, and, and because it can up. and because it can communicate at a level in which it understands, it can yield resources and responses that are in alignment with what it wants to provide as an impact or an imprint. But you see that freedom that you have to understand that, you know, this is the matrix and you're in it. You know, I think we're not. Or not, but you know that's a that's a that's a choice. What happens when you're just put in the matrix, right? You yeah. don't even realize you're in. Because I think that's what we're talking about, right? You realized, right? You're a global nomad. Boom! You unplug. You see the world. If you're plugged in and didn't even know you were plugged in, how do you break out? You the one. It's <laughs> MLK. <laughs> it's it's once you get a collective group. Like, mm-hmm. like this representation in this room together and say, all right, we have the capacity and we have the capabilities to go in and f- educate additional people about what's happening. And then it starts that moment 
of getting together a collective group of like-minded individuals will then spur up a, a number of moments that occur, and then that's when you get the movement going. I'll use the example of what happened um, 20, uh, October 20th, uh, 2020, in Lagos, Nigeria, the SARS movement. It was all done by young people. Mm-hmm. No one looked to the elders. It was all young people. Oh, you want to close our bank accounts? No problem. We'll use Bitcoin. We'll use digital currency. Oh, you want to come and bring guns out? No problem. Like there was an answer to everything that was a challenge to the shift in the system. And at the end of it, I, I genuinely believe there's some lessons to be learned across the water for our communities. Mm. I, and I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. But I think one of the biggest things too, Americans had to realize other countries are way more homogeneous, right? They're, they're way more. You go to Korea, they're all Koreans. You go to Russia, they're all Russians. You come to America, you walk down the street, you're not going to see all Americans. You're going to see a bunch of different things. So, like, they're all lessons to be learned across the pond. But I feel like we got to figure out something here, too, because our, our situation is very unique, right? It's very different. I mean, you have a whole culture of non-immigrant people. And it's and it's and it's levels to it, right? So we're talking about this from a very macro, like how do we change our people and shift the system from a whole nigga? Let's just go down to the like everyday life. When you start talking about the uh, <laughs> the uh, so, uh, so did, are you saying because the le- the levels are so overwhelming that it's almost it's almost pointless? No, I'm saying. It's so overwhelming. It's almost hopeless to some people who mm. don't see the why, light. Is that why the baton is not being able to is not being passed onward? No, the so and again, it's levels to it. Mm. I think the baton is not being passed on two levels. On one level, there is a love of power and money mm-hmm. that one generation won't let go. On the other level, there's a level of sacrifice and service that they're not ready to do. Mm. So I feel like the older people are love with this power they love with this money if i pass you if i truly pass you the baton how am i going to live and survive or how am i going to mm-hmm. make the moves i continue to make and if i really want to be this leader am i really willing to do this work do this sacrifice it's not sexy most people think pass the baton they think let me get on tv and interview they're not thinking let me raise all of the money and let me make all of the calls and let me prepare all of this stuff for the stage to even be set for us to be on the news. You know what I'm saying? They're not thinking about that. So I think it's two levels of it. And I also think we got so many fights. You almost got to prioritize where you're going to be as an individual and lock in there. Like So Delta, I was about to call you, Kareem. Mark told me to call you. <laughs> I wanted to go to war with Delta. They tried me. So I have, I was in a relationship with this one girl and she came from money and all they flew with Delta. So when I was invited to go on family trips, normally, you know, I'm, I'm used to be a get there, how you get that type guy. You know what I'm saying? Air, oh, spirit, Greyhound. Megabus. Megabus. As long as I get there, I'm good. But because I'm trying to, be in this family and not look like I'm trying to use them for their money or something like that. I got to play the game, right? Because I'm trying to show them like, yo, I, I I like your daughter and I don't want you to have concerns or red flags that I can't hang. Right. So when we fly to Miami, they go Delta. I got to go Delta, right? We go right. to other companies. Like, 
I'm flying Delta, right? Right. So I start racking up points. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, wow. If I just pay a little bit more, I can rack up these points and it's ultimately going to save me money. Right. And I can get more perks. Right. Fast forward, I'm a silver silver medallion holder. Okay. So you learn the game. <laughs> learn again. Learn the game. Learn again. I, I ain't finished yet. <laughs> so now it's perched to it. Bags free. Keith got the fly with his bag was free. You know what I'm saying? Free. I'm like, Dad, get to bring the equipment. <laughs> free upgrades. Uh, oh, Mr. Washington, can you please come to the first class, please? I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is cool. Let me leave my conscious bag in the back. <laughs> so, so I am enjoying this. So I had just did a trip to uh, Raleigh. They had upgraded me. I'm enjoying it. It was like 4,000 points. And I'm right here about to get to gold medallion. Like, yeah. So, you know, we went to L.A. So I'm like, man, this L.A. trip about to wrap me up. Boy, I'm about to go up on that thing. So I'm refreshing the app. And it says, zero sky miles. Because of the new rules. Oh, let me stop you there. You told me to sign up for Sky Miles, right? Right. So I'm going back from the trip, and I'm like, this nigga lying like a motherfucker. They say zero like a mother. Because I'm trying to get them to do it, so we can just all start racking up. I'm trying to rack so, up. So what happened? Delta just enacted a new rule. If you bought a ticket after the first January first, 2022, unless it's comfort of first class, you no longer get Sky Miles. <gasps> Damn. No way. Oh, you 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 thought I, you had some points coming too. I only fly Delta, so oh. I feel like dang, I, dang. I, so unless you had to only fly so first class. I would have to show y'all. I'm gonna send it to y'all. I go on a Twitter rant. What? Yeah, I saw. So you wait, hold on. At, at the beginning of this year? Yeah. <clears throat> so essentially, hold on. Mm. I just want to make sure I got this right. So you fly Delta, you get because I only primarily fly Delta. But I never like knew about Sky Miles or whatever. I would just fly I and know, just. I like them. Yeah. So <laughs> I would go. I would so go. <laughs> so essentially, you fly as you fly. You rack up points. It's like the reward system, right? Perfect. Right. So they show you appreciation, right, for choosing their airline, right. right? And the different reward points come with different rewards. Obviously, well, they just came out with a new rule that essentially states we don't care about your loyalty. We're not going to incentivize your business unless. It you is pay for the top tier. The top tier seats. And comfort is like a raggedy ass economy. Can we have a real conversation? Yeah, I was about to say comfort. I've said, comfort. I've said comfort. I sat in comfort. I got I think the seat just goes back a little just further. A like that's we have it. long legs. Right? Bro. So I'm just like, um. <laughs> not happening. I mean, it's on. not that comfortable. <laughs> we have long legs. <laughs> I had to get off the bitch like Kevin Hart. My feet got down. <laughs> Swinging on this bitch, looking <laughs> <laughs> like you got a short leg. <laughs> but, but look, comfort is like a illusion. It's like for the people that ain't ready to be all the way bougie. Let me give you like a, a illusion of bougie. Here go comfort, it's like right? a little taste. Right, right. Stupid. It can. It should completely be eliminated. So now, if I and it typically the difference between an economy and a comfort is about hundred and fifty. 200 mm. sometimes 300 dollars mm -hmm. so they're no longer giving so i go on a rampage on twitter i'm like 
Yo, this is disrespectful. <laughs> this was supposed to be incentivizing your customers. So you mean to tell me if I don't, if I'm not rich or if I don't have money, you don't value my business? Like I'm going in, then I'm about to get a petition because I know the power of volume, the power of us being together. I know a lot of people that fly. I know a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs who are not. I know people. Most people that are on like Black Diamond and all that shit. They corporate business people. Their company is paying for all the flights. No, nigga, I'm paying for these myself. Like, we right. are building, right? Mm. So y'all are literally shitting on the little man. I'm about to get everybody together. But then I just thought about it. Man, we have so much other shit to fight about. <laughs> <laughs> Who give a fuck that you ain't getting sky miles? <laughs> Like, oh my God! You have to pick your battle, but it's yeah. fucked up. We're getting fought and attacked on so many angles. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> That's an attack. I don't care but what you want to say. I go, no, I no, no. Lie. I feel the same way about Subway coupons. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to just validate these coupons for like a free sub, but no Subway takes Subway coupons that they privately own. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> It's, a, it's another fuck? fight. It's another fight. But you, you can't complain. You can't complain. Because, you know, we had Sky Miles to fight about. It was, it was a lot of fights. Imagine taking your coupon up there. Like, hey, I get a free uh, something. Like, oh, we don't take that. Like, like, what the fuck do you bro, say? Hey, say Subway. Imagine me. Oh, uh, man. Imagine. From bro, to the sub. Bro, no one's saying. But look, imagine me being the. Organizing the organizer I am with a little respect in the city for Sky Miles. Look how stupid I would look. Sky Miles, but it's really a fucked up thing, and Delta's gonna do it because they're gonna get away with it because the people that can afford it don't give a fuck. Right, and then they really don't because they was already in first class. Don't give a damn. And then the people that can't afford it are struggling with paying for Subway, so they can't goddamn focus on this shit. So. I'm just saying, like, just mad all day, every day, about just every day. Off. and going to James Baldwin <laughs> to be black in America, and bro, and have a little bit of consciousness is to be in a constant state of rage. Con- when I say I am, I have to sometimes just talk myself down off the ledge every day because mm. I'll see something, I'll be like, ugh. Oh, like everything is just you can't like even watch annoying. TV. You can't even watch when I talked about having a, a white supremacy having something for you on floor zero to the penthouse. You can't even watch TV without seeing that shit. You can't even listen to music without, without hearing, hearing that shit. it. Like every little thing is just like it just holds you captive. And like you said, you have to pick your battles. Mm. But with what Eldridge said, like okay, we got more shit. We got more shit to fight about, more important shit. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Greek situation, everybody has one goal. Mm-hmm. You have the pillars of the of the of the sorority of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. And the ultimate goal is to bring this next line on, allow them to represent how hopefully adequately represent the sorority effectively, bring the next girls on, they go through their process, whatever, whatever. That is the ultimate underlying goal. Make sure you make the founders proud, show out for Founders Day, blah, 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 blah. That's the goal of the organization. So it's like if we could have everybody on one accord and not mm. think, oh, I'm going to fight for Sky Miles because they just pissed me off. See, now, if we were just fighting for reparations or fighting for Mm -hmm. this one ultimate goal, 
and actually accomplished it, then the world might start taking us serious and they won't delete our sky miles because they understand how important we are mm-hmm. and what the effect of us truly coming together may have on their company. Like, imagine, Perfect. imagine if they, they knew what would happen if they took our sky miles, if they didn't accept our fucking subway coupons. Imagine. Like, I want some more serious analogies, but I feel you. Like, I feel what you're saying. I'm right. just saying. I feel what you're saying right here. Um, you know, so what gives me, because um, I know we probably at that time. You yeah. got your quote today? I, I mm-hmm. forgot we in yeah. your house. Yeah, no, go ahead. Do your quote. Can I no. close out the way I close out? Then okay, you do your yeah, quote. Yeah. All right. All right <laughs> so um, a quote to help you stay afloat. So every episode I do a quote um, and I kind of end it on something to help people stay afloat as they go throughout their day. So today's quote goes a little something like this. The two most important days in your life is one, the day you were born, and two, the day you begin to question everything. So as you move through life, you know, you're living, that's cool. But the day you start questioning everything that's around you, you begin to get a little conscious. And every single day, you will learn something new that you never knew before. So allow that to guide you, allow that to help you, and allow that to provide whatever inspiration you need to start being the change that you wish to see. Yes, that was the quote, y'all. Love that. You want to uh, tell people how to find you? They know where we at. I'm at Chocolaco, C-H-O-C-O-L-A-K-O across all platforms. I am a global nomad. I'm a yoga teacher, meditation teacher. I'm also a chocolate maker. I have Chocolaco chocolates launching this year, which I'm really excited about. Let's do let's do let's do some campaigns with your for Valentine's Day. A tasting, Chocolaco tasting. You doing like a special for Valentine's Day for your chocolate? She said coming this year. It's coming this year. So for legal reasons, I'm not launching in Q1. Okay. Fingers crossed, launching in Q2. You will. Yeah. Yes. Yay, yay. <laughs> that chocolate, that chocolate tastes as good as you look. Nah, I'm like, I'm Eldred, come on and close. They said the camera's hot. I know. Um, this is all good. Look. They're going to hear us anyway. Uh, thank you for letting me come on your podcast. <laughs> this has been yes, fun. This is great. And you know, I definitely want to say congratulations. <laughs> you've been um, you've been you've been doing your thing. I just want to on air say thank you for staying consistent, doing your podcast. Uh, me and Keith talk about your energy all the time. It is it inspires thank you, us. Really? It does. Thank it you. Does. Thank um, you. And we're looking forward to this year being absolutely amazing. So to all the cool and conscious people out there, whistle. Good to see y'all. All the Just Elders podcast family. We say this every week. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cool and Conscious podcast. Yes. Along with Just Elders podcast. Yes. We out this bitch. Bye. Hey. <laughs>